Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Thank you for joining in week after week. You guys are fantastic. You guys are pushing these out to so many people. We're trending on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We just hit 170,000 downloads. We're cranking. Thank you so much. I'd like to get a shout out to our sponsors, um, Siegfried and Jensen. Veracity Networks, Wasatch Recovery, and iHill Institute. Thank you so much for believing in me and believing in this belief cast that helps so many people. And I've had some amazing guests on um, in the past who have shared some amazing stories. And today's going to be no different. Um, I have a, I'd like to call him my friend now for sure. I've been on his podcast. His name's Ellie Weinstein. Thank you for joining us, Ellie. Thank you for, I love being called a friend. You know, I always make this joke that when someone's on my show, uh, I always say, now you're part of the dude therapist family, whether you like it or not. Um, and that's, and that's, I'm sorry for that, but if I can help you, I'm going to do that now. So yeah. I love being called a friend. I couldn't agree more. And I really do feel that way about you. And, you know, ever since we got connected by, uh, uh, Jenica way back, um, it's been several months now. I've been following you ever since, and I just love what you're doing, how you're trying to help people. And hopefully that we can get the word out to more people through this podcast today. And, and I do want to thank you again for letting me be on your podcast. Yeah, of course. And, and let's be honest, Jenica's really cool. Oh, um, she's amazing. I just had her on my show and I was on her show. She yep. is she, and, and you know, that is the beauty of the podcast world. I truly yeah. believe yeah. I love podcasting. This is not my job. I'm full-time therapist, Sure, but when podcasts <laughs> help podcasts and people yeah. go, Hey, I know this guy, or I know this person, or I know this therapist, or I know who can really be a great guest for you connect. Yep. They introduce, yeah. that's how you just help each other and spread the word. Absolutely. And it's, and it's not selfish. And I hate when people get selfish, like, right. no, you're not worth it for me, or you're not good enough. Yeah. No, just spread that love, spread the, the guests, yeah. spread the, uh, the reach of, you never know what you're going to learn just from one yeah. line of an episode. So I love that yeah. she connected us. Absolutely. Me too. Well, let me give a little background on uh, Ellie. Um, he's a social work therapist at LCSW who has worked in this, uh, in a psych hospital, intense outpatient clinic, and currently works in a group and private practice in Queens. I want to, I want to know more about Queens. I, I I'm excited to, to know more about that. That's switched now. Now I'm in long Island, but Queen, oh, I, lived, long in, Island. I okay, lived in Queens for, for, for a couple of years. Okay. All right. Um, you created elevation, uh, his speaking platform, his podcast, which you just mentioned, The Dude Therapist. Um, and he's become a therapist to fill the need and to create a modern outlook on mental health, to create more uh, d uh, digestible and relatable view on mental health, which again, that's why I love what you're doing, Ellie, is that you're, you're, you're normalizing this issue. You're allowing a platform for people to actually open up and be vulnerable and talk about this. Um, you've been featured on the Kelly Clark Show. You're an IVF warrior, fruitful, breaking taboo on multiple podcasts, ranging from parenting, relationships, mental health, and infertility. Your main goal is to help people on their journey to add support, care, empathy, expertise, and insight. He runs events, seminars, individual coaching on topics from mental health awareness, public speaking, coaching, relationship coaching, 
and confidence boosting. And the list just goes on and on and on. Uh, so yeah, thank you for joining us and tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up and tell us about your childhood? For sure. So I grew up in the same house that I'm actually in right now, moved back no in with my parents. Are you serious? Um, That's cool. Yeah. During COVID we're like, you know what? Uh, my wife and I and our, our two-year-old daughter now is like, we don't get that worry of, are we going to yeah. be with our family? We moved in um, and we've been with them for the past eight, nine months trying to save money for our own future and our own life. And we have the blessing and that the privilege sense. to be able to do that. So I grew yeah. up in Long Island in Nassau County in New York and uh, West Hempstead is called. It's a nice little community. Um, and um, I grew up, I'm an Orthodox Jew. So I grew up um, a, of the Jewish faith, going sure. to synagogue being with family, being with friends, um, asking about my childhood. It's a long, it's a long journey, you know, back to that. <laughs> I'm turning 30 September 10th. So wow. I'm young, but I'm still turning 30. So it's a, a little bit back ago. Um, and it was just, I, don't know, I grew up in a household that was filled with, you know, chaos, like any other home right. um, and joys <laughs> and happiness, like any other home. Yeah. Um, and went to camp school, like everyone else. And uh, it was really a joy to grow up in a place that Help me grow into who I am. There are always bumps in the road, but I think yeah. that my childhood really shaped me specifically because I, I struggle with ADHD. It kind of helped mm. guide me a little bit in a way that I am how I am today. Wow. That's awesome. Tell us a little bit about, you know, you know, being Jewish and, and growing up uh, families. Is your family pretty religious? Do they are pretty, you know, devout? I think or? on the spectrum of it, like there's like a whole like like 80 billion different terms of what we can call it. <laughs> We're called modern Orthodox, modern, which means that okay. we go to synagogue, right? We pray, uh, we keep kosher, but at the same time we go to movies and watch TV and have right. jobs and you yeah. know wear normal clothes. Like I, I'm wearing a polo shirt right now and jeans, you know, and I'm wearing yeah. a baseball hat. Like, but <laughs> like I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not wearing uh, what is portrayed in the media as uh, the ultra Orthodox community. Um, uh, the Hasidic community, um, nothing that, the, not that there's anything wrong with that beautiful sure. community. Yeah. Um, once you get yeah. to honestly know what it's truly about, there really, there's a beauty to everything. Um, and, um, we're involved in the world. So we go to college, we have jobs and degrees and stuff like that. So, yeah, <laughs> no, that's uh, just breaking down those myths for sure. Yeah, no, thanks for you know, sharing that. Um, how, how, how did that benefit you growing up? I mean, uh, obviously when you're a kid, you said you, you know, obviously a normal childhood, obviously did everything. How did that, you know, being, you know, religious in that faith, uh, how did that benefit you? And how, how do you, you know, obviously looking back, how can you tell that that was a good thing for you? Well, I really do believe that it gave me, and you can see this in a lot of different cultures and religions, but for me specifically, because it's all I know, uh, Judaism yeah. and, and my culture where I grew up, but you can see this in, let's say Italian families or, or very devout Christian families yeah. or Greek families, or, or even where the home and, and most cultures have this, this home centered kind of mentality where um, we had family get togethers and holidays togethers, um, the value system of being a kind, good, giving person, you know, the word, and, and this is now a more common word now, being a mensch, right? Being a good person. My yeah. grandmother used to tell me that being a mensch is more important than any other commandment that you can do in the Bible, that being really? a good person, being a real good person to others, treating that. people with respect love, care, and uh, concern is one of the biggest things of what the Bible really is all about. Um, and they and call it a minch? Is that what you said? A minch? M-E-N-S-C-H, I think is the word. It's a Yiddish word. Um, and uh, it okay. means to be a, good, be a good person. 
um, like a real kind person. Yeah. Um, and we all know those kind of people who are just true and true, just good people. Yeah. And so uh, that's the values that I was taught up and really the idea of family and connected to a community. Those are yeah. the things that I think are really important that I got from that, that uh, style of growing up. Wow. I love that. that is, that's beautiful. What a, what a great thing to teach, uh, you, you know, to be taught that and, um, and to be able to teach your family. Yeah, that. She's, she's 94. She's still kicking it. And she's still, <laughs> she's like that matriarch of the family that everyone yeah. goes to for like that wisdom or that advice or, yeah. you know, uh, just wow. if you're struggling, she's like the first person you call. She's yeah. like that. She's just the best. Wow. So you, you mentioned that you're now uh, residing in Long Island. Um, did you grow up in Queens? Is that so I, my, my journey is that I grew up in Long Island, lived in Long Island. Oh, I studied okay. abroad for two years after high school uh, okay. in Israel um, oh, wow. and uh, just to get a, um, a worldview and, and learn yeah. about being independent, devoid of my family away from an, in another country, uh, kind of getting to my roots of Judaism in Israel um, and the history of where my culture comes from and what, um, what that means for me, the traditions yeah. that I want to pass on to my family and my future. And then I went to college in New York um, and I went to grad school in New York in the city. Uh, I got married and lived in uh, Washington Heights in the city, in New York City. Oh, okay. And then a couple of years in, we moved to Queens. Uh, okay. But I went to I went to Queens College. I went to college in Queens, Turo College in Queens. So I was in Queens for about five, six years as well. Right on. Wow. Yeah. Um, you, so you moved around a little bit and, um, but yeah. Got to make it interesting. Yeah, I got to make it interesting. There's your roots. Well, um, let's, let's jump ahead a little bit here. You know, you're, we mentioned that you're a therapist. What made you want to be a therapist and why, why are you doing this? So I actually really thought about it. I think like one, a week or two ago, I was like, why the heck am I doing this? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's not yeah. just because I love people. I love talking to people. I love listening to people. I love being there for people and socializing. But that's not really what therapy is about. It's not about chatting and talking. And yes, there is a part of it that's relationship based. Yeah. But I realized that when I was younger, um, so I had a diagnosis of ADHD and got treatment. I wanted to help yeah. school counselors, psychiatrists, therapists, you name it. My family had, you know, some chaos, like I always said, uh, always happens in families. There's stuff that happens. We went to a family therapist sure. and all these different things that went down taught me the beauty of that relationship and connection of helping people on that level. And I also realized this past two weeks ago that as a man, I didn't find that support as a guy that mental mm -hmm. health, that connection yeah. of feelings and vulnerability and emotions that I am, I'm very much a feelings person. Yeah. And it wasn't as much accepted or opened as it is starting to be now. And I wanted to be a therapist that had that um, licensure, that accreditation, that mm -hmm. training that was in tune and in touch with their relate with their feelings and emotions and being able to be that representation to men and women right. who might not have that experience with men who are feeling and emotional. Wow. I just, I don't I think, know why I just came to that conclusion like two weeks ago. Wow. That's cool. Well, you know, I always look at, you know, usually the struggle opens up these opportunities, you know, and, that, and that's probably why you're so good at what you do because you can relate and you've been through some of that yourself. And yeah. I think that's really uh, commendable on your part that uh, you not only wanted to obviously understand you better, but obviously you love people and you want to help. Yeah. You know, I used to joke around and like dismiss that and I'd be like, yeah, you know, I, it's probably because I'm crazy because I like people. Who likes people? And, uh, you know, like, who likes people? Like, everyone, oh, I hate people. I love people. And I love connecting with people and working with people. 
Um, I do not believe that with my ADHD and with my personality that I would be able to sit behind a desk and just sit at a desk right. all day and not, you know, every day changes depending on the person that shows up in my office or now through zoom. Um, sure. so it's just, uh, it's, it's energizing. Um, it gets my juices flowing. It makes my, you know, get into a sense of flow. I get this yeah. way with interviews too. I get in the sense of flow. I start sweat. It's like this very intense body soul connection. And there's something yeah. about it that is just who I am. Yeah. I can't, I can't remove that idea from me that I just connect with people. I want to be empathetic and loving. And that's just uh, part of who I am. Oh, I love that. So uh, not only are you a therapist, you have, um, you've created called Elevation. Is that how you say it? It depends. You know, a friend of mine joked around with me and I was like, I got to come up with a name for speaking, yeah. like just like a platform before I became a licensed clinical social in LCSW where I could have a private practice. I want to start getting my name out there in a professional way. And, and a friend right. of mine, his name is Neil. He's like, just call it your name, like elevate, like E-L-I-V-A-T-E, elevation. And I'm like, that's genius. Yeah. So I give him full credit. Uh, he okay. didn't copyright it. I didn't copyright it. Actually, um, now I'm redoing my website to be my therapy practice and elevation is going to be a part of it. Oh, it's cool. just my speaking opportunities. It's just my speaking yeah. tag of like, like a brand, I guess. Yeah. Um, Love and, it. uh, it came out of just me realizing a need for people wanting to connect, um, and hear and understand mental health in a more approachable way and motivation and stuff of that nature. Yeah, no, I love that. Wow. Very cool. So, um, and then you also do the, the dude therapist podcast, talk about that. And why did you create that? Well, um, I'm not a great writer. So I was like, Oh, I should blog. I should blog. I should write my thoughts down. I should talk about certain topics. Yeah. And I realized just what a headache it was just to put out one blog. And for people who can do that and pop out blogs, good for you. Like I just, it's yeah. not my strong suit. I'm yeah. a talker. I'm a speaker. So I was like, you know what? This is like a blog, but yeah. it's, it's a podcast. It's me yeah. talking. And so I started with a plan in mind to come out with one episode a week, mm -hmm. no pressure, just do whatever I would like. Maybe once yeah. every once a month, two, two times a month. Right. And it was me just talking into the microphone and some one person reached out to me and said, Hey, I, I heard your podcast. Can I be a guest? And then I realized the amazing awesomeness of having guests. One, it's less work for you. You don't have to come up with content as much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you don't have to think of like a topic you have to talk about. Yeah. And two, it spreads your ability to connect with another person with different viewpoints. That could be really awesome. And so the past like two, three months, I've been posting two a week. Um, I was just telling my father, he asked me, he's like, oh, you're doing so many recordings. I said, if I just did once a week, I would have edited and done till 2023. Um, right. <laughs> so I'm doing two a week so that people don't wait two years to hear their show. Sure. Um, but it's, it's such a passion of mine. It's a hobby. Yeah. I love it. If something comes out from it and I become a big deal top, you know, you know, hundred on in America, whatever it is, or, uh, get sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Hooray. Great. Yeah. But I'll still be doing it if I don't, because I love it and it makes me very happy. Wow. No, I think it's great. You do that. And I can so relate with you. Um, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll do a blog. This was back and I'm the same way. I'm not a very good writer. And I, I did some blogs and I was the same way, man. It was like painful just to create one because trying to word it right and get it out of my head onto paper. And, and yeah, so I can totally re relate with what you're saying. The my problem is the grammar. Is Mine is the grammar. My wife, 
yeah. will look at something and be like, ah, oh, we got to rechange this and like change <laughs> the entire structuring. I'm like, I yeah. worked so hard, yeah. but like even, even, uh, and I have like four or five on my website, but like I was asked to write an article for a paper or something like that. Uh-huh. Um, like a ask a therapist kind of column. They're doing a rotation yeah. in, in a Jewish paper and they're like, yeah, let's, let's do it for next week. I'm like, ah, uh-uh, October. Like I can't, I can't, like I can't, uh, it takes me time to work through that and write. And it's something that I've struggled with forever. I don't know how I passed grad school because it was all about writing. <laughs> so like, and I did really well. So, I, you yeah. know, honor student, like I just don't understand. Maybe they didn't care about grammar and they just cared about the topic at hand, yeah. but I don't care. I passed somehow. Yeah. A for effort probably. Right. You know, they're like, you're <laughs> trying so hard. We're so proud of you. Yeah. Well, what are some of the topics you like to talk about? Cause again, you're trying to you know, talk about more relatable things. I know you're trying to also, and I think this is very important for our listeners to understand. You're trying to help everybody be more comfortable with mental health issues. You know, instead of it being so taboo, let's don't talk about it. That's too much, whatever. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that, Ellie. So just this statistically, if we're going to take numbers um, in the U S I think this stat came out a year or two ago, one in five to one in seven people have a mental health diagnosis and struggle with their mental health. That means if you're sitting at a party, you can count off one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. Every fifth person has or has struggled with a mental health disorder yeah. or have gone to treatment at some way or another in some form. Yeah. So for some reason, still in America, when you tell someone now it's, it's turning around, but in some circles, in some worlds, when you tell someone, yeah, I am uh, I'm going to therapy. Is something wrong with you? Are yeah. you crazy? Right. Are you insane? Yeah. Are, are you, you're weird. I knew you were weird, right? So those, those negative yeah. judgment statements come out. And yeah. even if you look at, let's say the world at large, um, <laughs> the fact that people have to fight to take mental health days when they are having anxiety or depressive symptoms and yeah. have to get like 40 billion approvals in yeah. their job just to count as a paid time off. Yep. Um, or you look at sports world, uh, right in the past couple of months with Simone Biles, Naomi Osaka. And even if you look at uh, basketball, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving and yeah. um, I can't think of the other player, uh, DeMar DeRozan, um, yeah. right? They opened about their mental health and people might be like, just play basketball yeah. or just play tennis. Just do gymnastic, gymnastics, suck it up, deal with it. Okay. Yeah. So you're anxious. Oh, okay. So you're depressed. Do your job. You're being paid a lot of money to do it. Just do it. Right. So my goal and what I really work very hard to do is to normalize that idea that mental health is just as important as physical health. It's not that someone doesn't want to live their life or get past their anxiety or depressive symptoms. We'll take those two as an example. They can't. They can't. It's not that today they chose. Like today I'm going to choose to be anxious. So that's why I'm not showing up for the millions of dollars that I have um, on on you know, behind me for, for showing up today at a basketball game or a, a U.S. gymnastics meet. No, it's that they can't. Yeah. Um, and you can even watch, if you watch closely to Simone Biles, per se, she got this thing called the twisties where she yeah. could not trust herself. Her nerves were so on edge that she could have hurt herself. Yeah. So it's not responsible. So if you look at the world as a whole, if someone had the flu or right now even COVID yeah. or some stomach bug, or was in the hospital, wouldn't be like, just suck it up and, and come to work. Yeah. We're like, no, take care of yourself, get better. But if someone says, I'm not okay mentally, they're like, and 
So that's the stuff I'm trying to work through and break because it is still something that happens every day in many people's lives, in their relationships, in their workplace, with their families. It's something that can be very, very, very dismissive. It's something that's very real. Wow. Very well said and very well put, uh, Ellie. Thanks for sharing that. You know, as you were saying that, I was I was thinking about how important human connection is, you know, and how, how much that uh, matters to us. And when we are struggling and we think we can't say anything about it because of those reasons you brought up, then what do we do? We isolate. Now we feel alone mm-hmm. and no one wants to help. And that's a very scary place to be, actually. Especially if you were, let's say you were younger. You know, there's a, uh, I forgot his name, so I don't want to misquote a person um, uh, on TikTok and he posts on Instagram as well. And he's like growing up in the nineties with mental health. Uh, and he's like, oh, wow, I'm really struggling with anxiety. And someone's like, okay, just go deal with it. Get over it. Yeah, yeah. So imagine being reinforced that process where your feelings and emotions, and let's talk about men for a, sec- for a second, uh, anyone really. But if your emotions and feelings and, and, and you're opening up and saying, I'm suffering, I'm struggling. And someone says that you trust and respect, you look up to and says, get over it and deal with it. First of all, you're not, you're going to believe them. You're going to trust them. And you're going to shut that down. You're going to say, don't feel, don't have emotions. Don't access that, right. which then makes you number or more cold or removed from feelings yeah. and emotions. And right. then what happens, you're not going to open up to other people who are random, who are strangers who is in maybe a new relationship, someone you need to be vulnerable with, but the last time you were vulnerable are the ex- examples of you opening up and being vulnerable was shut down and dismissed. You're going to be very hesitant to open up and be real. That's why when you ever watch, and I know this is a bad example, but I'm using it anyways. When yeah. you watch any of those dating shows, those bachelor bachelorette shows, and yeah. a man says, this is the first time I've ever told someone my feelings. And you yeah. think to yourself, really? You're in your late 20s, early 30s, and you've never told someone real feelings. Not that yeah. I love you, but just feelings. Yeah. There's a reason for that because they've yeah. been habituated. I don't know if that's a word, but we'll use it anyways. It sounds good. <laughs> it sounds good. It sounds good. To, your, wife, to, your wife would correct you, but it sounds She good. would. She would. <laughs> She'd be like, uh-uh, wrong grammar. Um, <laughs> to feel that way or really to hold off feeling anyway, if, until it's perfectly safe in the perfect environment where everything is, you know, cushions and careful and beautiful and no worries of any backlash that's reinforced over years of being told your emotions are not healthy, are not good. So it's really important to access your emotions. And that's what I like to do and talk about. Yeah. Wow. You couldn't tell. I have a lot of thoughts about this. No, I love it. No, (laughs) no, this is beautiful. I'm glad we're talking about that, you know, and obviously your, your podcast is a platform for that. You're obviously, and then I'm, I'm assuming when you do your speaking events as well, these are some of the topics that you're talking about. Yeah. You know, I haven't spoken a little bit because of COVID. Um, and, um, I don't really speak on Saturdays because I keep Sabbath. So it is sometimes hard to, the the combination of the two, which is fine. I'm not offended. Um, but yeah, it's really about mental health and inspiration and confidence boosting. Um, for someone to believe in themselves and the power of themselves and what it means to be themselves. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with being human and being yeah. human means that's all of you, your medical, your mental, your soul, all of who you are is what has to show up every day. All of you, all the good, bad, ugly, the, the failures, the successes, everything that is you, those are the things that are important to show up every day and not to hide it. I'm saying, I'm looking at the poster behind you about the mindset thing with the little fish and the shark, right? Oh yeah. I love that poster because sometimes you feel like a little fish in a pond, but sometimes you yeah. got to put on that, 
that shark skin, you know, yeah. and really yeah. show up and be, and be that way because you can, and you know, you could, yeah. but you believe in the negative thoughts in your head, make you feel like it's little fish, yeah. but really you're so much more than that. Well, you know, and I'm glad you pointed out, I like to say that goldfish becomes the shark by talking about what they're feeling. <laughs> you know, that's when they truly grow. That's when they expand. That's when they connect. And that's when they feel like, you know what, I do matter and people really do care. And I think people, I, I, I they're afraid to bring it up, right? A lot of times, because they're afraid they might be looked at as, am I weird? Am I, am I going crazy? They, are they going to think I'm crazy? But I think what most people you'll find out, people are like, man, I can relate. I can connect with you. And man, that connection piece, I always go back to that, how powerful that is. Yeah. You you know, when, oh, a thousand percent. So my wife and I went through infertility. Um, and so I remember posting about it for the first time as more of a therapeutic, like yeah. um, venting opportunity on social media um, that we do so often. Um, and the amount of outreach and love of me being so consumed by fear, like what are people gonna think? What are people gonna say? When I posted about when I had my first panic attack after my daughter was born and my doubts of being a father. Yeah. Not that I couldn't do it. I've wanted to be a father since I was like 15. Yeah. But now that I have a kid, oh my goodness, like this is real. <laughs> I had a panic attack and I posted yeah. about the worries and nerves of being a new dad. Mm. And I'm like, oh gosh, people are gonna think I'm a bad father, they're gonna think I'm a bad husband, blah, 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 blah. All consumed by judgment and fear of just being real and honest. I wasn't being malicious. I wasn't being hateful. I wasn't being nasty. I wasn't calling anyone out. I wasn't creating some hot topic on some political or religious belief. I was just being honest and authentic about something real and raw. Yeah. And the amount of love and support makes you want to share more of honesty and authenticity. Yeah. Um, you know, I really take a book out of, there's this uh, therapist, her name is uh, Dr. Courtney Tracy. She calls herself the truth doctor. And she has an intense history of drug addiction and, and yeah. alcohol, all this like real stuff. And yeah. she opens up on social media, but Hey, you're a doctor, you're a psych, you're a psychologist. So yeah. I'm a person. And it's really about this taking down the status of title and connecting to people as humans. Yeah. And that's the most important thing we can do. Wow, man. I love that. I love that so much. So obviously you're doing a lot of things, you know, you do events, seminars, individual a too coaching, much. probably a little too much. <laughs> what, 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 what do you see yourself doing? Like, you know, in the next five years, are you going to be doing other things? You're going to try to expand on certain things or what are, what are kind of like your, your, your thoughts in creating more uh, awareness around this mental health issues? You're poking the bear right now. I'm just letting you know, you're poking the bear <laughs> of my, this is like, you're going to explode a dream, a dream thought that I have. Okay. Um, it's like a it. bubble. So I have uh, a list of book ideas that I already would like to do. Okay. Um, I just started writing a table or a, really just random ideas in a book uh, yeah. about men, uh, what it means to be a man, a real man, uh, oh, from wow. a man's perspective. Yeah. Um, I have, uh, many ideas, a book for ADHD and parents who are struggling with kids with ADHD and even adults with ADHD kind of combo book. Yeah. Uh, I have a few book ideas. I, like I said, I stink at writing. So it's going to take me a really long time to write a book because um, it took me a while to write a blog. Um, and I personally, and this is a very wild dream of mine, and I know I can see my wife's face rolling her eyes going, oh, you're being ridiculous. <laughs> I would love, and she does it with the most love because she knows I mean it. I would love to be the next Dr. Phil in that sense of the face sure. of a man in the mental health world. Ooh, um, 
It is a big dream of mine to be that media presence of mental health that is normal. You know, I don't wear suits every day to be a therapist. Sometimes I wear a t-shirt and jeans. I wear a polo shirt and sometimes a baseball hat. It doesn't have to look a certain way. Yeah. It has to be and feel a certain way. Exactly. And, and it's all in the care of the person and loving and empathetic. So those are some of the goals I have to be the big names and be a bigger podcast, the kind of like, yeah. you know, uh, a, a name in people's homes kind of idea, like a, the the male Brene Brown. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's big. Off. And if I don't achieve that, I promise you I'll still be a very happy person because I have other things, wonderful things going on, but just For huge sure. goals I have, you know? Well, and I love that actually. I love that you're dreaming big because I think a lot of times we, we, we cut ourselves off at the knees. We're like, well, that's, I can't think that big. Well, why not? And you know, there's the old cliche, shoot for the stars. And if you miss, you're still up there with them. Yeah. I mean, I really believe that shoot for those I things do. and all these great things are going to come along the way. You might not get exactly that, but you're going to be really close to the you know, doing what you're doing. And so I respect that you actually dream that big. I love Thank it. you. I got to blame Kelly Clarkson for this <laughs> because, um, 2019, I got a call from the Kelly Clarkson show to be on the show for a little hot second. Yeah. I was supposed to have a segment with just me talking about mental health and fatherhood. It was just yeah. me and her or my own little segment with her. Sure. And it got cut because things happen in Hollywood. Sure. Um, and so I ended up on the couch anyways, and it was like a little, like a minute of me talking. Um, and it got me this, like this bug of mm. the media world and having that platform and being in people's homes in such an accessible way through YouTube and TV and, 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 and big shows like Ellen and, you know, like that yeah. kind of Oprah. I mean, when yeah. Oprah gives you a, a check of approval, you're gold, you're it, that's it. You're done, done for life. You're yeah, good for life. Yeah. Um, so those kind of things are very helpful because to me, and I really say this with the most honesty in my heart. Yes, it'd be really nice to have more money and more fame because that could just, it's really fun. But, but the biggest thing is having more access to help people. So yes. the bigger your platform is, the more reach you have on social media, the more reach you have in the world. And yes, it's sad to, to fight for those followers and those numbers. Those numbers help you get out to people's, right. to people's, to people's palms, their, their faces yeah. in their minds. And I'm doing it with the most love and care and concern for people. And it really is about getting my name out there the most way possible. And uh, there's a few ways that you can do that. And it's either being ridiculously viral in some weird way or having real content that, that connects the people or, or being on these platforms and, and making a difference, hopefully. Yeah, I call it being a light in this world. And you truly are that, brother. Um, I'm serious. Uh, and I love what you're saying. And I was very well spoken and said, you know, I have a question for you. I like to ask this a lot because it's interesting. I'm going to kind of put you on the spot here. I love what, it. What do you love most about you? Um, my drive and passion. Mm. I'm a very passionate person. That means I'm really emotional as well. So I'm very passionate. When I love you, I love you. Like I'm all in. Right. And if I want to do something, I don't stop. I don't right. sleep. I, yeah. I, I go all in when I have yeah. an idea. Which is why my wife rolls her eyes at those things, because she knows that I'm 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 locked it. into that idea. Yeah. It's just it's like this. I can't even do it. Like she has to be here for it. But it's just like you're being ridiculous. But I love you, kind of face. Um, but when I I'm very driven and and passionate about life and things, and um, uh, when I get into it, I really do. And I think that's one of the powers of my ADHD. I yeah. think it's a symptom. It's it's like that hyper focus, hyper energy. Um, and hypersensitivity 
And it's something that I very much admire and love about myself. Oh man, very well. There are plenty of things. There are plenty of things that I don't like about myself. (laughs) But you asked about what I like. Yeah, no, I don't want to. Yeah, I. It's interesting because I like to see what people say because, and, and you immediately, I love what you said, drive and passion. That's one of the things that drew me to all the good that you're doing. I, I it comes through in everything that you're doing. I appreciate your that. podcasts, your speaking events. You know, I, I've watched you on YouTube and listened to you, your interviews, all that stuff. It just comes through very strong, and I love that. And and I love that you love that about you. <laughs> I do, I do, and it, it, you know, yeah. it took it. It did not happen overnight. That love for myself. Yeah, there was exactly. there were years, especially yeah. when I was a younger adult. Right. Um, my early, my late teens, early twenties, where I wasn't sure about who I was, what my strengths are, what I love about myself. But it took me a while, a couple of years, to kind of go like, oh, this is this is just who you are, and you, and you should yeah. appreciate it and not be afraid of that. Right. Wow. Very well. So I love that. Um, so if there's someone listening to your story right now, and obviously we're talking about mental health and you, you've been very vulnerable. You talked about your struggle with ADHD and some other things. What, what advice could you give someone right now who's struggling that may not know where to turn, who to talk to and that kind of thing? Well, the biggest thing I would say is give yourself compassion, right? Mm -hmm. It's okay to struggle. No one's asking you to be perfect. No one's asking you to have it all together. And if you can't do it yourself, ask for help right in the world we are in today there are too many hotlines there are too many um texting apps for mental health treatment there are so many resources and so many therapists in every area of the entire world and we'll talk about just specifically in america that it's there's no excuse to not just reach out that means that there's psychology today you can go on zocdoc you can google therapists near me literally just type that in google or you can look on BetterHelp or any of those apps that are really, or get a Calm app, help you meditate. But first, be compassionate to yourself that you are human and nothing is wrong with you. You're not broken. There's yeah. nothing wrong. You're yeah. struggling. Something's yeah. getting to you. Something is 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 not is stopping you from functioning the way you would hope. So get help with that. Just yeah. like you would do if you had a diagnosis of a medical health, you'd go to every doctor possible. You would spend yeah. whatever money you could. For sure, yeah. But you don't have to with mental health because it can be so accessible in so many ways. Find what works for you. If it's not a therapist that's you know certified, if it's a wellness person, a coach, some yeah. inspirational book or person on social media, find something that makes you feel happy and makes you feel fulfilled and that you're being heard and seen and respected and that something actually helps you. Wow. Love that advice. That's beautiful. You know, I, I think... You know, I love what you said at the very beginning of that is have compassion for yourself. I think a lot of times we can have compassion for someone who's struggling. Yeah. But yet a lot of times we don't turn that to ourselves. Literally when I had my first panic attack, it was in the middle of the night. Uh I thought I was dying, which is the classic feeling of a panic attack, right? Yeah. My Uh face was numb. My heart was, I thought I was, I like, I'm having a stroke. Like I'm dead. This is it. I just had a baby. What am I going to do? My wife is going to be by herself. My daughter's not going to know me. It would just freak me out. And I started getting into this loop. And the thought that was the most destructive thought I had was, I'm a therapist. What the hell is wrong with me? I should know how to do this. Wow. And I started turning it, internalizing negativity against myself yeah. for having a reaction to things not letting out. So I think there's a uh, psychologist, Dr. Julie Smith in, in London, who defines like anxiety as like yeah. a pressure cooker. You need to release the air sometimes. Yeah. And if you don't have an outlet, it comes out 
with anxiety and panic attacks. It's your body getting overwhelmed, your nervous system. And I could not think clearly and started just hating on myself. So when I didn't give myself compassion, it made things worse. It made my anxiety ramp up more. It made my thoughts get worse and more in a loop of negativity. I couldn't calm myself down. And so when I really mean when someone give yourself compassion is that it's okay to struggle. It's okay to be at a low point. It doesn't last forever. It isn't forever. It isn't life. It is now in a moment. So just be compassionate to yourself to get through this moment and get the help that you need when you are calmer, clearer, and more yourself. Wow. Love that, Ellie. Thank you so much for sharing that. That is beautiful advice. You know, again, I love what you do, man. I admire you. I'm so grateful that we've connected. If someone wants to reach out to you um, to use your services, you know, use you, you know, even as a therapist, or if they want to know, you know, listen to some of your speaking events and content, what's the best way for them to do that? So my website's coming out soon, so I don't want to give the uh, thing for that because it's not practical, which is not, not live. But you can follow me on Instagram at Ellie Weinstein underscore LCSW. Uh, you can tune into my podcast at The Dude Therapist. That's the Instagram account, and it's called The Dude Therapist. Nice. You can email me, Ellie Weinstein LCSW at Gmail. Okay. Or you can call me, 516-939-4721. That's my work number. And if you're in New York, I can legally work with you. And if you're not, I can help find someone who can and maybe do some coaching. But we yeah. can always figure out something to work for you. And if it's just giving a little piece of advice to help you get over this hump to find someone in the future, I'm more than happy to do that. Wow. Giving out your phone number, dude. (laughs) I got it. I I got it. I love it, man. It's my work number. So when I get calls on that number, I know it's for for legitimate things. Very cool. Very cool. Well, hey, I I just want to thank you for taking time today. And I also want to thank you again, like I said earlier, being a light in this world. Uh, We need more people like you who are talking about these, you know, used to be taboo. Um, it's not it's not that way anymore, and it's because of people like you. And I love how you just normalize it and just go, hey, there's nothing wrong with you if you have anxiety. There's nothing wrong if you're struggling with ADHD. It's just something that we have to work on. And yeah. like everybody else has something we're going to work on. But I just want to thank you for just being you and for connecting with me and being willing to be on my show today. Hey, Todd, it was amazing, and I love talking to you. You're a very calm and centered human being. It gives us very calm presence, so I appreciate all that you're doing and love. I can't wait to share your episode coming out in November on my show. So I'm so excited and a really a great connection and true friend. Yeah, no, it means a lot. And we'll do this again, honestly. And uh, any big events coming up in the future or whatever, let me know and we'll promote it and we'll do whatever I can to help you out, my friend. I appreciate that, Todd. Okay. Well, thanks uh, for tuning in, guys. I told you this was going to be great. Please reach out to Ellie. Uh, Check out his stuff. He's an amazing man who wants to just help people. He said that over and over. He loves people. Obviously, you can feel that drive and passion that he loves about himself. Uh, It's one of the things I look up to him about. So please reach out to him and please share this episode with anyone you know that might be struggling. I, you know, right now, you know of two or three people right now that are going through some mental health issues. Send them this episode and say, just listen to this. You know, and then when they're done, you know, challenge them to either reach out to myself or to Ellie and we'll work together if we need to. And we will uh, either help them or find the proper help that they need. So anyway, Ellie, one last time, thank you for being you and, uh, you know, have a great weekend with your wife and your beautiful child. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much, Todd. Okay. Take care, brother.